Luis. And I'm Matt. And this is The Good, The Bad, and The Obscure. We're a show that discusses things you probably haven't heard of. And if you have, well, a good on ya. We decide for you if it's worth checking out. So, Matthew, what is up with you today? Well, I, I gotta say, not, not a whole lot, Luis. Not a whole lot. That's super fair. It's, uh, we're recording yeah, this on Canada Day. Yeah, so go Canada. Canada. Getting those time. points in FIFA. <laughs> Are they still in it? Are they still going strong in the soccer game? Canada was never in it. Did they never get... Did, are, did no, they, they didn't qualify. How, <laughs> the, the World Cup has been going for... How did it's you not know this? It's going to be a sad Canada day. Yeah, let me tell you. I was really banking on going home, watching a few games. You really don't watch soccer, don't you? You don't care about sports. Oh, I my did. God. I heard Germany did well. No, the opposite. Completely opposite. They lost against Mexico and South Korea. It's tragic. Terrible. Well, I mean, not not that they lost against Mexico. I guess that's pretty good for oh, them. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. The Mexicans are going crazy. And they lost against South Korea, which allowed the Mexican team to go through. So South Koreans all around the world are being celebrated by Mexicans all around the world. Yeah. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. I actually texted uh, one of my Korean friends, and he was, like, really happy that, you know, they beat Germany, even though they didn't pass, because thanks to them beating Germany, Mexico passed. Yeah. So, I started sending him, like, memes of the, like, Mexican flag, views of the Korean flag, uh, that popular Korean boy band, BTS, dressed as mariachi players. It was it was a good time. He was He was super surprised that we, the Mexican people, could pump out... Liberated FIFA. Well, no, I was going to say pump out memes so fast, but it's a similar sentiment for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so the good old FIFA Cup is rolling around, rolling towards an end. Who My, could say how many people are left? Four? Five? You're like an old person trying to talk about the internet, you know? You, you know the words. You just don't know which order they go in. Oh, okay, pal. What? Let's let's stick to something we both know, which is movie news. Yeah. So Jurassic World killing it in the box office. What do we get on that? That's an excellent question. We both thought it was going to succeed. So honestly, no surprise either. Good way. On us. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why wouldn't it succeed? You exactly. Know? It's pretty much the best. I didn't say that. I did. I haven't seen it yet, though. Do you? <laughs> Me neither. I saw The Incredibles, though. Oh, yeah, no, so did I. How did you think? I thought it was pretty phenomenal, actually. It was really, really good. about as good as that movie could possibly be. Yeah, especially. It didn't improve on the uh, last one, which was not the goal. Yeah. And I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like, it didn't try to outdo it, which I adored. It's a continuation. Yeah, it kind of just told a different story, which I'm a big fan of. Also, Jack-Jack. I really like that they... Incorporated him. Yeah, I don't like that they, uh, okay, I like that he was a big element of the story. I don't know, it's just weird because I think that's like a cash grab because they know they're going to sell a lot of Jack-Jack toys now. I mean, that's fair, but also... I don't blame them because it it flowed nicely. Yeah, it kind of fit with what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Just because Jack-Jack, like he had that one scene in which he's fighting a raccoon. Which, Which was I, I, like I don't even really it's not really related to the plot at all so it's not really a spoiler but yeah it, it was a lot of fun but other than that he didn't really have very many like a lot of the times him in the scene was sort of the background problem 
Like, yeah. the conflict. Like, they would be talking about what they actually had to do, and Jack-Jack would be off causing problems for them, but not in a way that was, like, stealing the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I thought they did a good job of. It was a really good like, side, kind of. Yeah, thing. it kind of just added comedy into scenes that otherwise might not have been quite as exciting. Absolutely. That raccoon scene was really good, because it was his villain. Yeah, that... It was, that was one scene. I... Like, I really enjoyed it, but it also feels like that's a short film they would release after the movie. They're like, yeah. oh, here's Jack-Jack fighting a raccoon for, like, five solid minutes. Yeah. Like, did you... Speaking of short films, the short film before it? Oh, yes. Bow? Yes. I cried. Oh, really? I, I cried in that movie, <laughs> like, in that short film, and during The Incredibles. So, I, I assume everybody's heard of Bow at this point, just because it was... Ridiculous. Phenomenal. <laughs> but Bao is basically about a woman, I guess, she realizes one of her dumplings is alive at some point. Yeah. And, which I mean, it sounds insane, just out of context, but it's a Pixar short. So she raises this dumpling to be her son. Mm-hmm. And then her son starts to grow out and, like, I guess doesn't need her anymore. He kind of resents her. Yeah, and, you know, gets a girlfriend and says he's leaving, and she's like, nah, you're not leaving. And then she eats him. Beautiful. Beautiful the storytelling. En- the entire cedar just started laughing at that part. Oh, I was shocked. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, what? what? What is happening? <laughs> and then you realize that the dumpling was just, just her actual son. But not actually. It represented her actual son because then her actual son came by and then they they sort of they sort of mended their relationship. By eating uh, sweet bread. By eating sweet bread. Yeah. And we all sort of learned that dumplings bring us closer together, but also bring us farther apart. Why did you cry? How did how how do you why are we doing this show if that's what you got out of that movie? Because if that's what you understood out of Bao, which you should totally watch because it's a landmark moment in Pixar short film history, first one directed by a woman, period. Oh yeah. Which is weird to yeah, think about. It is weird. Uh, <laughs> how did you get that that conclusion? Well, let me tell you. That honestly hurts to hear. It's like here's, I here's how it went down. It's like a toothpick in my ear. So but that's not too far in. It's just like enough to bother me. She presumably she was making dumplings, and her son didn't want to be a part of it, so her son left. And then she ate the dumpling, and it brought her son back. How how do you feel about that little? What's the next topic? Let's just let's so just move on with today. We're talking about all the different <laughs> ways you can make a dumpling. There's and many different ways you can make a dumpling. You can make it with your hands. Ha- yeah, that's all, actually. <laughs> you, can, no, you can also make it with your feet. Mm, I know some... No, I uh, the Dark Web does a lot of dumpling feet action. So, smooth transition over to the movie we were talking about today. Segway. Which is called... It's a hard watch. Yeah, it's called... Yeah, so um, the movie we're talking about today is called Hard Candy. Right. Uh, starring Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. And it's about a fourteen-year-old girl, pretty much like getting a pedophile to kill himself. I don't, I don't know how else you would summarize that. It's a thriller in which the fourteen-year-old girl is trying to kill basically a thirty-two-year-old. Yeah, and the way they're put into contact is Ellen Page poses as 
Well, she doesn't pose. She's a 14-year-old girl in the chat room, and the guy is just this 32-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of start talking. There's clearly a lot of flirting going on, but then they decide to meet up, and it's hard to... It's weird, because the text was really flirtatious, and then yeah. they meet, and the, the flirting stops. Yeah. But they're also in public. She continues being kind of like this manic, pe- no, not manic pixie dream girl, but just like really kind of saying everything right yeah. to him. Um, and he kind of like backs off a little bit. So this is just like a really weird scene at a coffee shop. And uh, yeah, then they go home and he kind of, she kind of drugs him and then slowly torture, tortures him till he kills himself. Yeah. There's more to it. There's there's a lot... Yeah, so it, it becomes more of a thriller in which they're kind of hunting each other down. Yeah. Throughout it. But it, it definitely is about her trying to expose him as being the pedophile that she is convinced that he is. And so, like, I guess a bit of background on the characters is that he's, like... He's a photographer for, I think, specifically, like, 15-year-olds. Yeah. And he had, like, that's pretty much all we know about him. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty vague throughout most of it, what he actually is. It is later revealed that he is a photographer that also does landscapes. But that's kind of thrown in for him to, like, not appear, to kind of mislead us. Yeah. Mislead the audience into thinking that he may not be a pedophile. And then she got it wrong. Yeah, there's it, a bit of that throughout where it's back and forth about who's actually right in this. Right. And not necessarily right about her, her being like, you have to die. That's never really questioned. Mm-hmm. It's more whether or not he actually is guilty of the crime that she's um, accusing him of. Right. Which is specifically, I believe, some form of sexual misconduct. There was no... Cost, yeah. yeah, there was no evidence of it. There was no... Yeah, there's no evidence and there's there were vague details at best about what she was specifically accusing him of. And there Other was of, a ton withheld. Yeah, it was... They were playing it so that they told you as little as possible. Yeah. In a very annoying way. Yeah, a little bit. Because they... A lot of the phrases they said could be taken more than one way. Yeah, exactly. And it it's, made Ellen Page seem like... The, uh, the character Ellen Page was playing and made her seem like she knew something that we didn't and that they were speaking like on another plane of communication. Yeah. Which was very annoying. Uh, but I understand the effect of it just to kind of show that she knows something and he knows what she's talking about yeah. but too afraid to say it. Which was weird because there's also very graphic moments which, like, I don't understand why you go to the trouble as a as a writer director of this of censoring some of these lines oh i see rather than just and then outright. just yeah, yeah and they're just showing disgusting things yeah because they did show like five seconds of what i'm referring to yeah which i guess we could probably dip that into like if we're do- whatever we do for a spoiler section of this but yeah. yeah so really small cast throughout this it was ellen page um who played the the main the main guy, um, Jeff Culver. 
Uh, it was just pretty much the two of them throughout it with... It was Patrick Wilson and Ellen Page. Yeah, Patrick Wilson, sorry. Uh, Jeff Culver was the name of the character. And then Sandra Oh appears in there briefly. Is that at the very end? Yeah, Sandra Oh plays a neighbor that just knocks on the door once. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's it. She had less than a minute of screen time. Yeah, okay, that's that's what I thought. Which is weird, because Sandra Oh is, a, like, a notable actress. Yeah. Yeah, like, Grey's Anatomy. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, she just appears for, like, a minute, and then uh, that's it. It's a very weird film. I... It was a 2005 film, but it felt 90s. Oh, I, I can see that, yeah. Most of the film was shot in close-up. Yeah. Incredibly annoying, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying yeah. how annoying I... Because it's... It's not cheap. It's not a... It's an effect that can be done really well. But... I feel like it's shooting blanks, you know? It's making all the noise without actually doing something about it. As mm-hmm. in... As it, yes, it looks really cool, but there's no purpose to it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's, it looks very intense. Yeah. But neither the, the, if it's all in close-up, then nothing's in close-up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's Although fair. I had the it, same problem with Split recently. Yes. Where it, oh. it felt that way. Sheesh. That, that, that's a whole other fish to fry. Oh, yeah, that's know? true, yeah. Split, and they're, they're coming out with a new one. Did you hear yeah, it? Split Glass, two. Or whatever it's called? No. The Brokening. They actually they're actually calling it two parts because it was split. <laughs> what this is the broken wait unbroken. It's unbreakable. Unbreakable. Split and then glass. And then glass. Okay. And it's this like. M Night Shyamalan's shared superhero universe. Yeah, the poster is really cool. Well, that's good because that. That, might, that makes a movie. That makes a movie these days. Hey, well maybe it'll be fine. Honestly, I Unbreakable don't... was pretty good. Split was less good. So Glass will likely be fine. If you combine Unbreakable with Split, you'll get an alright movie. Yeah, I don't I quite enjoyed Unbreakable. Like, Unbreakable was great. It it does it does quite an interesting thing of kind of being a superhero film mm-hmm. before we really have the superhero films of today. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was very interesting, and it does it in a different way, where it it deals with these superpowers and such in such a subtle it. way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Unbreakable. Absolutely. Yeah, and Split was kind of not as good, for sure. Split was just bad. You know, I remember I we went to watch we went to watch it together. Yeah, we did. Did you rewatch it recently? No. No, right? Why would you? It's. I mean, it's kind of just. It feels like a fairly basic storyline, and at this point, it, it kind of just felt like, oh, we've got people trapped, held hostage, and that's what the movie is. Yeah. And it didn't, like, the personality disorder sort of thing was cool, but it felt like a gimmick. It didn't really feel like it drove enough. Like, even though it was the main plot, something about it was did not feel like it was interesting. There was no good justification to it and it felt like it needed one because it was building up to something yeah maybe maybe it's partly also because you go into it expecting because it's something like this man has 17 different personalities but and of course you can't show that but kind of felt like we only saw the evil personality the entire movie yeah kind of didn't really feel like we and the kid which 
was fine the first time, but then after that kind of like lost a little bit of its excitement, I guess. Like I was kind of excited to see what else they could do with it, considering like multiple personality disorder or whatever. Like you could have personalities that are blind and how would that yeah. affect it? Or you could like, you could have, maybe he spoke a different language only. Yeah, that'd which, be really interesting. Yeah, like stuff like that where, because you kind of just got a, you got a couple of people who had different personalities, but like what, you had, you had the one guy who was an artist, I guess. Mm-hmm. You had the evil guy, and then you had the hard edge woman, and then you had the kid. And the businessman. The, like, really, he had the button-up, the glasses. Yeah, that, that was one of them that oh, I was talking yeah. about. But yeah, it it just felt like it didn't hit the full potential. It fell short, for sure. Yeah. That's how I feel about Hard Candy regarding its visual style. Because it has a really set color, color palette. Yeah. But it's always moving shots that are either really close or some shots that are just far away for no apparent effect. Yeah. Actually, when they walked to the car, uh, when they were meeting, that had an effect because it was like, oh, she's alone with him. You know? Oh, yeah, okay. But apart from that, it's just like intense, intense, intense for no reason, reason, reason. Yeah, I mean, like, when you... This movie... As a whole, like, it's a small cast, uh, pretty bare set, shot for under a million. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, in total, like, you can you can see it come across, but it also is such a story where it's pretty clear that they were, they didn't have a lot in it, I guess, in terms of these bigger action yeah. sequences. Like, there's maybe, there's maybe three parts throughout this movie where you're like, oh, they had to do a real set change for this. Absolutely. It was, it was very dialogue heavy. Yes. Which is, uh, a lot of movies have that badge of honor of them being, like, super good and dialogue heavy. Yeah. I think a great example would be uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Okay, yeah. Which is incredible. And ne- <clears throat> Network. Although, I'm obviously talking about heavyweights here. But with Hard Candy, it's very dialogue heavy. But ev- most of the lines are just bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really bad. The, the, fuck. You're not a fan of this film I'm taking? No, not at all. The, I was, I was ready for, the synopsis sounded fantastic, you know? I think there was a lot to do with it. Yeah. But the, the, the delivery of, the performances were good, but the delivery of the lines was just, ugh. That's, yeah, that's understandable. There, there definitely are some parts in this where it kind of feels like, it was trying to write subtly, but in a way where we didn't really know what was happening. They weren't giving enough information. So by being vague, it kind of felt like kind of felt like being vague was almost being cheap. Yeah. So I, I can understand that. Yeah, it was... I really wanted to like it. Yeah, that's fair. If that's a fair thing to say. It sounds like such a dick thing to say. It's like, I really wanted to like it, but uh, you didn't do enough for me to... No, it's, it, it was bad. It was just bad, in in my opinion. And the biggest thing I dislike about it was the dialogue because yeah. it took me out of it so much because some of the, uh, let's say, the, the thriller elements of it, say them looking for each other, were just ruined by the dialogue, mm. you know? it's uh, At the beginning, Ellen Page says, 
playtime is over. And it's just like, well, you know, I thought this was going to be serious, but it's not. It's, oh, yes. It's, it's trying corny. to be. Yeah. It is trying to be. But let me, I'm going to look some quotes up so I can just show you. Yeah, overall, like, I, I would say I probably, like, I quite enjoyed it when I watched it. That's fair. Um, I don't remember the dialogue being awful enough that, like, th- I'm sure there were a few parts that I, I would have stumbled on, but, like, overall, I, I don't remember that being a huge turnoff. I do remember it being, it feeling fairly obvious that it was such a contained, low-budget script. Like, there, yeah. were, there weren't parts where it kind of felt like they had a lot of money, but they were choosing to only show this. Mm-hmm. It, it did very much feel like, we only have one set and two actors. Yeah. We're doing our best. But I, yeah. I, saw that I quite enjoyed it for those elements. And there's a couple of scenes in here that we'll touch on in more of the spoiler section uh, that I, I feel like were just really tense, and I quite enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got some quotes then, or should we hop into spoilers? No, I have some quotes that just kind of, it's like, ah, so you and your mom are both whacked, says the guy. I don't know. That's the whole nature versus nurture question, isn't it? Was I born a cute, vindictive little bitch, or did society make me that way? I go back and forth on that. See, that's, that's like going to an archery competition and just going straight to the target and hitting it with the arrow. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of these topics are just like whoop, hitting you. I respected that sometimes when um, I think he was trying to say that I'll just stop doing what I'm doing if I did it because he didn't want to admit that he was a pedophile. Uh, and then she said, no, even if you're convicted pedophile, you can still live your life. Rowan Polanski just won an Oscar. Like that was good. Yeah. Because it's it, it, that was like subtle and really poignant yeah you know oh no sorry not subtle it was very poignant and it worked yeah it, it worked because it was i guess politically relevant absolutely yeah. but with this kind of thing man like there's just it's very student like she yeah, says she's, he says to her i think after some torture thing fuck off and then she says, your conversational skills are really deteriorating as this day goes on. This is like a Rick and Morty uh, Reddit, Reddit there, thing, you know? There did feel parts where the the man was, he was clearly suffering throughout this. And he kind of felt like, it was weird because he felt like the person the audience should be identifying with. Because yeah. instead of making her feel, like, she definitely did feel that way at the beginning. But just because of the way her character was written throughout the film, it kind of felt like she... This, the fact that she was killing this guy had no effect on her whatsoever. Yeah. I think that was kind of what the film was going for. Yeah. In the sense, like, does everyone deserve this? Yeah. But those things were muddied to me because of lines like this. Those letters are mine, says Jeff. And then Haley says, nothing's yours when you invite a teenager into your home. What does that mean? <laughs> Nothing's yours when you invite a teenager uh, to yeah, your home. It's like not even. <laughs> this that's what I mean. And look, can good movies have bad dialogue sometimes? Yeah, but yeah, look at Solo. Bad dialogue in that film, but excellent filmmaking overall. We're just gonna. It's one of those days with you and I, don't you think? We're just gonna disagree a lot, <laughs> but. Yeah, 
biggest complaint, the dialogue took me out a lot of the time because it was just so blatant and so unremarkable. However, the what you the reasons you said it was you liked the movie are totally fair. Yeah, and watching it, I try to just, I mean, like I found that I I was just kind of enjoying the thriller aspects of it, which of they course were well made, yeah. for me, like yeah, most of them I thought were well made. Parts of it didn't quite land, but as far as the thriller, like it was, it was high tense enough. Yeah. That I found that I didn't stumble a ton, but I definitely do remember some of that dialogue being a little bit oof, oof, yeah, where it's like, why is there so much talking? Did you find yourself wanting to stop watching because it was a very intense film? Not really. Not at all. I, yeah, I I didn't really find myself stumbling at all. There, there, yeah. There's a there's a scene in there where it's like, oof, this is <laughs> this is gonna tread on some territory. I'm not sure I want to watch, but. You know, I don't. They don't really get there. So, yeah, um, I watched this with my girlfriend, and uh, movies make a big impression on her. Yeah, like if she watches a terrifying movie, she'll you know won't sleep well. Yeah, which is super fair. You know, um, we have this fun thing where it's like when we're gonna watch a movie. She asks, is it a movie or is it a Luis movie, you know, because (laughs) she wants to, if she has something big the next day, she can't watch a Luis movie. Uh, So we watched Killing of a Sacred Deer by, uh, I forgot this guy's name, but he he did The Lobster. Yeah. And yeah, she, she couldn't watch the movie. She couldn't fall asleep. For The Killing? Yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I I haven't seen it yet, but I've, I've heard... Very mixed things about this film. It is so good. Yeah. It is brilliant. But it might be. The I don't. Mixed I I have heard that from other people. But have you seen Mother yet? No. Okay, because I, I. I need to watch it. The person who told me that this movie was like phenomenal was someone who also thought Mother was phenomenal. Okay. And I I like Mother a lot. Yeah. But there's also parts of that film where I'm like. Yeah, this only speaks to a pretty specific group of people. Yeah. In in the sense that it's it's a very artsy film, and it, it very much plays with, uh, not form, that's the wrong word, but the way the world even works for the film. Yeah, it's like magical realism, but yeah. diluted. Exa- exactly. And I don't, like, if you've seen Mother, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. But I imagine, or Annihilation, I think, plays with it, too. I haven't seen Annihilation. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Killing of a Sacred Deer have magical realism? Uh, in a very diluted form, yes. Because there's just, like, weird instances happening from time to time. Oh no! Yeah, what am I saying? It it definitely does. It uh, at some points, some people can't walk out of nowhere, and it's brilliant. It 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 play it. It's like a curse on people. It's really really good. Uh, so yeah, my girlfriend saw that and she was like, "Why did you make me watch that?" And I was like, yeah. it's, uh, "What can I do?" <laughs> um, so I, I told her that I need to watch this movie, Hard Candy. Yeah. And I told her a synopsis, and she's like, uh, "I don't know." And I said, "Look." It's going to be a tough one, because yeah. I thought it was going to be a tough one. saw the trailer, and the trailer was well-made, but what can, what can you do as a trailer? Yeah. And I told her, if, if it gets rough, 
we'll just stop watching. That's it. Yeah. We watched it the whole time and we were like Fine. laughing. Yeah. We were laughing. It, yeah. You know? uh, although I mentioned to someone else that I was going to watch this movie. And most people didn't know it. Yeah. But one person was was aghast. You know, like, <gasps> hard candy? Yeah. I was like, whoa, fuck, what do I... What kind of kind of worms am I opening? Yeah, did you did you say funny games, Luis? You're gonna watch funny games for for fun? <laughs> well, psychopath alert! Yeah, funny. If you watch funny games for fun, I enjoy funny games quite a bit. Yeah, but would you rewatch it right now? I don't know if I'd ever rewatch it. If you, do you know those movies that you could Ooh. put on to like fall asleep to? Yeah, it's like oh, I'm gonna watch this. Um, what? That's a good movie to fall asleep to. I was going to say Her, but Her's not a good movie to fall no, asleep her's to. No, Her's not a good movie to fall asleep to. Maybe, like, I mean, like, any Disney film. Yeah, I'm going to watch Moana to fall asleep to. Yeah. I, it took me so long to it pick a movie. It took a long movie. time to pick a movie that was not oh. super tense. Yeah. Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. It's artsy, yeah. there's layers, and it's like, yeah. I'm going to pick Moonrise Kingdom to fall asleep to. If you say that, when it's like Moonrise Kingdom, you say funny games. I am officially worried. More worried... If it's the American version. Of funny games? Yeah. yeah, I'd be more worried about that, too. And if you say it's superior, too. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. No, why, <laughs> why would I say that? Even though it's shot for shot the same film. With Tim Roth and in English. With Tim Roth, yeah, just swapping out actors. What a silly thing. It's so dumb. Shall we... Hop in the spoilers here? We're going to hop in, put our hopping shoes on, and hop into spoilers. So... The scene we were talking about? Uh, yeah. She castrates him. Yes. Yeah. That's so uh, she drugs him and pretty much sets him up on the table. Mm-hmm. And has... It's real complicated, this setup. Because it, it's him lying down and he's got a TV so that he can see the surgery happening. Mm-hmm. So he can see what she's doing. And then she's down and we don't, we don't see anything down there. We see, we see, like, a blurry shot of it. Yeah, like, on the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so you kind of see her arms going, and she's, like, kind of narrating what she's doing. And she's like, do you want me to tell you about it? If you want to look, it's, like, it's right on the TV above you. And she does all of that, and then dips? You watched it more recently. She goes to shower. Yeah. yeah. She goes to shower after that. But the castration scene... Okay. He starts telling a story that makes him look good and it, it it does that successfully but come on jesus christ this like he's about to quote-unquote die yeah. because he's gonna be castrated and he's like oh when i was younger i had an aunt denise and she had a daughter and that daughter and i used to play the whole time and i'm like oh yeah i do remember that story cool great and then it's I, I thought she was going to say something like, is that supposed to save you or something? But the fact that... Actually, no, she she does say that. Ellen yeah. Page says something along the lines, like, is this story supposed to make me care about you? Or yeah. justify who you are? And that would be cool and man, it's like, oh, even though you did this, then it's fine. But it's just the fact that it was during the castration scene. It's like, people were writing this script, and then they thought, ooh, we can have a cool backstory of him. Let's insert it right here, and let's... Good, okay, good backstories start at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> yeah. and they end 
like the whole revelation after someone for someone's intentions. The end, like the the close to the end of the second uh, act. This was established in the second act and finished in the second act. Yeah, and it felt super, you know, rushed. Yeah, no, I agree. He's castrated. She puts his testicles, you know, in the fucking in a jar, maybe. In like two shot glasses. Oh yeah, right. And then down the carburetor. Yes. Uh, and she asks him because he's conscious during yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Oh, and he can't scream because if he screams, she sprays bleach into his mouth. Oh yeah, that that part was good. That's funny, you know. It was like that was good fun. It was like a teenager wrote this film. It was like, yeah. oh, you don't, you'll be gross. It kind of, I mean, it, it was necessary because if you're watching this and you're like, why doesn't he scream? You got an answer, but it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like a weird delivery for some of these. Where it's like, yeah. I'm not asking these questions. I, why would he scream? The house isn't near anybody. Exactly. Like, like it was stuff like that. Where, <laughs> and they never established the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there was no reason for us to I don't think know where he was. Yeah. that it that it was like, oh, there's people nearby. And then yeah. they say there were a lot of Chekhov's guns that weren't fired. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many. So like, I guess I don't know what the, is it an analogy, a saying I guess where you if you hang a rifle in the first act, mm-hmm. it's got to be fired in the third. Uh, it's more like a rule. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of so it's like, you know, if if you see something that's going to be a setup for later, so maybe somebody looks at this, like, sees something and it's like, password for this mm-hmm. is this. You're like, you're going to use this password later in the film. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give us anything in this film that we're not going to use later. It, it's essentially full what of this. And there's a lot where it sets stuff up and then doesn't pay it off. But the things they do set up are used so obviously. Like, for example, she grabs a, um, a picture, flips it around, and it says a date. Yeah. Like, four numbers. Zero nine eleven or something like that or zero nine thirteen. Oh, that's and that's the password. right? That's the password for the safe. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, dun, dun, dun. oh, here it is. It must be this. The day you had sex with her. Mwah. It's like fuck, fuck. Like my when my girlfriend saw the safe, she thought, oh, the password is this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you figured it out. You're, the you're one right. number in this film. She takes okay. She takes so long trying to open that safe, doesn't right. she? Yeah. <laughs> she she's looking for evidence around the house this Ellen Page person way before they start chasing each other she goes under a bed takes out a box pulls out a gun lays it on the bed and then just goes to another room yeah literally Chekhov's gun yeah pretty much she doesn't do anything with the gun so what happens in the next couple scenes uh, he tries to he rolls, because he's, like, in a rolling chair. He rolls to the bed, grabs the gun, and then they have a confrontation. Yeah. He couldn't have done that if the be- if the gun was under the bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just full of this. Anywho, back to the castration scene. She castrates him. He gets loose. Um, oh, Ellen Page reminds us of a very important word we should never forget. The word is eunuch. Eunuch means someone that's been castrated. Yes. E-U-N-U-C-H. Eunuch. Okay. Don't forget that word. And she says it in a very righteous way that just made me, like, gag. It was like, oh, <laughs> you're a eunuch. You can... <laughs> fuck. She said something along the lines of, uh, if you have any questions about how to take care of your, you know, whatever it is, go to eunuchquestions.com. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah, they had a bit in there where she was kind of telling him how to live his new life. Exactly. Ah, so terrifying. Anywho, castrated man gets loose. This eunuch gets loose. He goes, she goes to shower because she feels gross. As if. I know, I know, that's how I felt. I'm like, come on. Yeah, right, when you're. When you're breaking into someone's house like that after you've done this to them, that you're just going to leave them alone. Like, obviously, obviously she's planned for this. She but it was like, it was like how, how dumb is he to assume that she's gone and showered, so she's just going to leave him to be? Mm-hmm. Which was, it, it kind of felt like we needed him to be a little bit self-aware there. And be like, she's showering, but she, she has some form of watching me. I'm going to go get the gun. Yeah. Not a scalpel. Yeah. I know, right? So what happens is, you hear the shower, it's like, oh, it's steamy, you know? He goes in with a scalpel. Also, how can he walk? Well, she didn't actually castrate him, did she? No, she did. I'm pretty sure, I seem to remember this being that... It was only a clip? She had a clip playing, but she didn't actually do it to him. Then what was the meat that was thrown in? I assume she just had something else. I saw that it was mentioned... Because I seem to remember that being some form of a reveal is that she didn't actually castrate him. Why wouldn't she? Don't know. Oh, I think you're right. But I, I seem to remember it being that she doesn't actually do it. Regardless, they go to... He goes to the shower. She pulls the curtain. Surprise, surprise. No one's there. Yeah. She pushes him from behind because she appears out of nowhere and starts tasing him while he's being drenched in water, in the shower water. And that's enough to kill a guy. If you're wet, oh, yeah. being tased. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to. This movie was disgustingly bad. I don't. I don't know. I. I like. I again. Like I like the thriller elements of all of this. That was I, I well liked, done. I liked the beginning, and then I. I liked bits of the middle and end. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it kind of started to go on a little bit, near the end there, but maybe maybe part of it also was. I like the idea quite a bit of these good. two people trying to hunt each other down. But it did it did also feel like there were quite a few parts where Ellen Page kind of just had answers without us knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, and it, I don't, my, honestly, my biggest problem was it was the fact that Ellen Page kind of didn't feel like she had, she was ever affected by any of it. Like, there were a few parts where she was, like, breathing heavy because she would, someone unexpected, something unexpected happened. But, like, for the most part, she kind of felt like she was unstoppable, which is fine, but it kind of didn't make... I kind of feel like it would have been more powerful had she been a little bit more of a 14-year-old girl and not, like, kind of had that that level of power dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if she was so smart, how did you let him get loose so many times? Yeah, it did, did happen a lot, hey? Yeah. She was always in power. Yeah. I didn't like any character. I not, the, uh, either of them. <laughs> no, not because of the the quality of the movie, which remains bad in my head. <laughs> but rather rather because of... They were just really dislikable characters. Yeah. You know? And I think that was kind of the that point. Was to, yeah, that would have been the point. Um, so we just found out, breaking news, that it was a successful fake castration. It was a clip. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I seem to remember. I don't remember why she didn't just do it. She had she had everything the, to do it. She had the I know, like book, I don't the she, books. Everything. It was like all set up, and then she didn't like she just wanted to scare him, but I don't really know why. 
because like, like I, at the time I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And we moved on and I didn't think about it. But like now I'm wondering like why he was even there. Because yeah. ultimately her goal here is that she wants him to, the only way he can kind of repent is by just killing himself. But that has nothing to do with this castration bit. Yeah, I don't, it was all kind of weird. Because her, if that was actually her plan, then her plan was to fake castrate him, let him get up and out, and then find out he wasn't castrated. So maybe she just wanted to torture him for a bit. Maybe that's all it was, was she just kind of wanted to watch what would happen if she pretended to be castrating him. You're already spraying bleach into his mouth. I know, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> You're... Oh, boy. This is... Mm, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, like, from other review, review scores, it sounds like people are generally in agreement. I, I think it somewhat somewhat had a little bit of people who re- quite a bit, like, quite liked it. Yeah. A lot of people who didn't like it, and a lot of people are kind of like, this is fine. Yeah. Like, the meta score sits at 58. Yeah, so the, all across the spectrum, but mostly middling. Should we get some uh, reviews on this? Some IMDb? Well, I, I actually have trivia for this one. You have trivia for I this one? Because I thought that would be interesting, because oh I read boy. through it. I'm interested um, now. Guess how long it took to film this? Production a days. A week. Oh no! It was it was eighteen days. Eighteen days. Yeah. For what? I, was <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But like, because we were talking like, that it was like two people, one house. Yeah, there. but still, for like a, a full production, because there were okay. it, it was two days for the coffee shop and sixteen days for the all of the house bits. Two days for the coffee shop. Yeah. So, and I I believe the coffee shop was just his house, redone, at least on the outside. Okay. Um. Yeah, so overall, like, quite small, and they kept it under a million. I think a lot of the reason this wasn't more than it actually, like, more than what we watched was, A, it was, there was only one draft of the script. It's just the first draft that he put out, and then they didn't do any more rewrites. That makes sense. Yeah, and you can see that across. Because and then, yeah. it makes sense, because it sounds like unpolished dialogue. It's yeah, like, exactly. they write intentions rather than the subtlety. Yes. Okay, I'm... I'm being more lenient on this. Yeah, thing. and other than that, there there was there was one other little bit of interesting. Oh no, that that oh yeah, the the only other thing was mentioned earlier, which was that it was shot for under a million, which it says in the trivia here that it was to keep, uh, keep basically the studio heads out of it so that they wouldn't end up changing anything. But it honestly might have benefited from them changing stuff. That's a rare it, instance. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like. Like, there's even a bit in here where they were, like, they wanted there to be a bit where Ellen Page said that she was 18 rather than 14, and she was just pretending to be 14. Ellen Page was like, doesn't that go against the entire point? So, you know, it's, it's not a lot, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of, like, it just wasn't quite polished to the point where they gotcha. knew exactly what they are trying to say. Because, in my opinion, what's the difference if she's 18 or 14? What do you think is the difference? Well, the difference there would be she's no longer a minor. Okay. At least in Canada. Yeah. So, what she's doing... Like, it, it just has way more of an effect if she is 14. Okay. And also, if she's actually 18, she's able to stand up to him a little bit more. Like, you, it, you know, if if I was looking at this film, like, I would expect a 14-year-old girl to be far less threatening than an 18-year-old. Okay. Yeah, and even, even the fact that she's doing all of it, it kind of... Like, if it... I, I guess I kind of look at it like this, like, if it was a man trying to kill 
like if we're going off of today's climate, which is like the sexual misconduct and everything. Yeah. And if you're going off of somebody who had raped somebody else, but it was a man who, like this guy had raped a bunch of women, and this man was doing something to a guy. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like that, where it's like it's one, it's one degree off, where it's like he's not really the victim. Yeah. Like, and it's po- possible she could still have been like if she was eighteen, but it's never alluded to. They don't really talk about it. Yeah. So. There's, there's not a quite quite enough there for it either way. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. But uh, given the superficial nature, and this is not a criticism, although it totally could be, uh, I'm doing like a motion with my hand where I like kind of kind of block what my mouth is saying, <laughs> but still saying it. It doesn't translate in this audio uh, medium, but superficially it works. You know? Yeah. Do you have some IMDb reviews to hit us with? Uh, well, this person actually just fully agrees with you. I've never craved the sweet escape of death so much in my life. One out of ten stars. Whoa! What's his name? Uh, well, Her name? Uh, Nyrak the Destructor. Oh, Nyrak, you and I are gonna go far. Nyrak, hit me up. I'm at... not gonna say my phone number. <laughs> Generally, they they are saying something along the lines of, like, they were excited to see it because of the cover and the synopsis, but then there was no de- character development in this film. Yeah. It's just a psychotic little girl running around drugging pedophiles is what they write, which, yeah, I, I think that's kind of fair. Uh, and all of these IMDb reviews, I'm, I've scrolled through quite a bit. They're either 10 or they're 3 and below. Like, it's I've, I've seen a, a few 9s and 10s, 1, 8, and quite a bit that are three, two, and ones. Okay. And it doesn't, a lot of, because the worry for, it sounds like the worry for the filmmakers was that this was pretty um, sensitive, a sensitive topic to touch. But it it does feel like throughout it that, yeah, as you were saying, it never really actually feels like it's hard to watch. It's just, yeah, I, I told my girlfriend that she asked me, how are you able to watch movies of this nature? Yeah. You know, these strong movies, how doesn't it, uh, and I said... Uh, it does affect me. And you cry every night because of it. Because <laughs> of these horrible you, movies you watch. You're taking the words out of my mouth. I said, every, look. Every movie is just another nightmare. Hey, <laughs> hey, Luis. And I'm a filmmaker, so this yes. is just fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. What did you say? I said, if the the violence, the gore, the trauma, the emotional everything, emotional turmoil, if anything... If it's all justified yeah. for a message at the end or during, and I can take away something from it, yeah. I can sleep like a baby. Well, not always, but it's, in my mind, there's a ledge I can hold on to before, you know, falling to the pit that this was just torture for no reason. So, if there's a semblance of a message or something of that, Filmmaker was trying to say. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a right thing or a wrong thing. Just something that they were trying to say. And that's more than enough for me to watch a movie and not linger on some bad scenes. Like, yes, I might linger on them, but I can always come back to it. It's like, oh, th- there was reasoning to this. So I answered that to her. With Hard Candy, what were they trying to say? Well, oh, pedophiles are bad. Yeah. Yeah, this and it kind of it kind of tries to be this sort of revenge story. Yeah. Without kind of 
hitting the points that you kind of need for that to work, which is a, I in my in my opinion having having a character who's actually to some extent vulnerable. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel vulnerable throughout this. It feels like he's vulnerable, and you don't relate with him because of what she's saying. Mm-hmm. But also, there's never any real sense that he's done anything. Yeah, no. Until the end. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit hard to get on board with anybody throughout it. Mm-hmm. And then the revenge kind of feels like you can solve your problems by just killing them, you know? <laughs> which... Not a good idea, folks. Which, you know, like, it is the physical answer in a lot of movies, but it doesn't feel like there's a deeper reason for that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like she's somehow solving a problem, I guess. So this was a bit more graphic, or a bit better in, you know, showing emotional distress, then I would have had a bad time. But I didn't have a bad time watching it. It was just... Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it it kind of feels like it kind of rode the middle line, I guess. Like, had it been a little bit more shocking to watch, Mm -hmm. maybe that would have redeemed a bit of it. Or have the dialogue been a little bit smarter. I, I, I'm, I would be interested... I'm interested in, a, in the process of this film. Like, why she wasn't someone who already knew him. Like, yeah. obviously, they had... She kind of, like, convinced him to go back to his place. Yeah. But it... Like, even that bit kind of felt a little bit off. Because, like, she forced a lot of his... Not forced his hand at all. Like, he very willingly did it. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was stuff like... You never really, you never really put much effort into it, so I, I don't. Know, it was weird. It didn't feel like it was very personal at all, which is probably what it was missing. Yeah, not at all. Uh, I guess what would you, what would you give Hard Candy? Before I give it a rating. Yeah. I know Hard Candy could have been good. I and that's yeah, maybe that's what I like more about this. Because the director. Yes, David Slade, who we never even talked about. No, true, David Slade. He did Hannibal. Oh, I produced it, right? He didn't direct. I think he directed the pilot. He directed five episodes, so yeah. I don't know. I don't think the pilot, but some of the other ones. Okay, he directed five episodes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's subtle. yeah. It was the pilot. Yeah. Oh yeah, he directed the pilot. That's good. Yeah. Critically acclaimed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Agreed. I love Hannibal. He can. Yeah. Do it, you know, and he. You can definitely see a style. Coming here, too. Yeah. So he can do it. David. David. Can I go to David? David? David. Just to be clear, Luis is talking to the director right now. Yes. Pal. I know you can do this. David. You are smart. You're kind. You're important. You are able to do Movies that fuck up children for generations. But you didn't do that with Hard Candy. Hannibal, mwah, buenissimo. Hard Candy just wasn't your best catch. It made money. You know, it made, it probably launched Ellen Page's career. It made Patrick Slade just be Patrick, no, Patrick Wilson just be Patrick Wilson. But pal, David Slade, sit down with yourself in 2005 and be like, nah, man, Hard Candy, not my my best thing. That's all I have to say. He's doing just fine now. He directed oh, three episodes of American Gods, an episode of Black Mirror, 
He's doing great. He's doing just fine. He's fantastic. But David, 2005 David, nah, man. Get some better directing chops in 2005. Which you've done right now, so you listen to me well. What would you give this movie? I give Hard Candy um, two left testicles thrown in the carburetor. Gross. No. One right one, one left one. Gross. Yeah. Gross. I would have... Like, I mean, like that's pretty good. I don't know that I'm going to be able to beat this right <laughs> Like, that's pretty solid. Um, are you giving it another rating? I think I can give it another rating. Okay, you go for it. I'll give it another rating. Ellen Page should stick to being an adult actor. That's pretty good. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. I'll give it split minus the multiple personalities. You nailed it. Thank you. You honestly nailed it. So what 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 are you planning? What did what did you read this week? What are you planning to read next week or so, watch? I bailed on Crime and Punishment. Yeah, it's a long one. Just because I don't have enough sit down, I don't sit yeah. down and read enough. I don't sit down to read enough, so I read on the on the go. Yeah. So I'm go. I'm back with one of my favorite authors, Kurt Carrie Vonnegut. Pratchett. No, no, Kurt Vonnegut. Okay, reading. Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle. Yeah. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's uh, with Kurt Vonnegut. I've read two of his books. He's amazing. He is a lot like uh, running as an exercise. Okay. It's kind of hard to start. Yeah. But once you get into it and you get into a runner's high, you're like, this is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I see that. Because there's a lot of world building in it and not in a traditional way. Like he never says, Oh, when Sherlock lives in 221 Baker Street, you know? Yeah. Like, it's he just throws you into it, and you have to pick it up as you go. Yeah. Just like running. So, my friends tease me, Matthew. <laughs> I believe My it. friends tease me a lot. Yeah. And I'll, can I be open with you right now? You can be open. My friends me. tease me, because I do a lot of simile. Yes. Metaphors, analogies. Yes. And it makes me I'm feel aware. like shit. Did you see what I did there? That's simile. Like shit. Yeah, that that was awful. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my week. <laughs> what are you What are you up to uh, next week? Well, yeah, just finished that. Or this week, actually. Let's pretend it never happened by Jenny Lawson. Oh, how was it? Just like a memoir. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, you told me yeah, about it. It's worth checking out if you're looking for just like a funny memoir. Nice. Of her just just talking about her messed up life. Uh, which is pretty good, and I I don't know what I'll read next because I I yeah. literally just finished it. If so. you need a recommendation, you can come to this guy. This guy. <laughs> I'm pointing to myself. <laughs> I thought about not pointing to myself because you know no one can see us, but this guy. Guys, guess what? Look at the time. As usual, it flies by. Oh boy, it always flies by with Man Luis. <laughs> Uh, if you want to tweet at this show, we're at ObscurePod. If you want to email us, that we're at ObscurePod at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at me, I'm at SpiderPig, at Spider underscore P-Y-G. Uh, and I'm at L-U-I-S-G-U-E-R-R-A-L. And you can also check out our Instagram, which is also at ObscurePod. Correcto. Uh, check us out next Tuesday. See y'all. Don't go killing pedophiles. Goodbye. Bye.